Hello and welcome to a holiday edition of the Chiefs Bros Podcast. Mm, very festive that song was. Extremely, yes. Always um, gets me jazzed. For Christmas. This, is, this, this is, I think, the least productive week of the year. Um, yeah, you and know, appropriately so. Between oh between Christmas and New Year, if you are working, you're probably giving about 40% effort yeah. at the most. And don't feel bad about slacking during Christmas. I mean, it's, it tis the season, people. No, we're all like, you know, slightly, literally or figuratively hungover from Christmas. Full of cheese. Yeah. A bit confused. Still not ready to give up on the cookie diet. Unsure of the day of the week. Yeah. Uh, and it's not New Year's yet, so you can kind of just trash this year because next year, you're going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Can Everything you want to happen. Get all my stuff together next year. It's going to happen next year. Yeah. Future me is going to have it. Yeah. Diet. All, all of those ducks in the room. Diet starts Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the Chiefs, you know? The Chiefs are they're, they're doing pretty well. Maybe sometimes they'll play defense. Maybe sometimes they forget to run the ball. The, but The Chiefs kind of had a, a Christmassy haze about them the last few weeks. Like, like the rest of us, once the Chiefs get to January, it's all going to work out. At least that, mm. is, that is the plan. They're going to start going to the gym. Yeah. They're going to get pumped up for the playoffs. You know, I think our Jonathan Iron New Year's resolution uh, needs to be more consistent podcasting. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready um, for that. Because as our listeners no doubt have noted our absence for the last three weeks. Yeah. They're about. Three, yeah. Uh, no, I may add, not entirely our fault. Um, no. There was a couple of things that came up. I was gone for work for a week, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the holidays, holidays, you know how it is. Also, let's just be honest, um, this has not been the most exciting stretch of the Chiefs schedule. This has been the best stretch of, like, three games to miss, has been the last three games. Uh, I feel bad about saying this, but I think, with the exception of the Bengals game, I've fallen asleep in each of the last three Chiefs games. Wow. Yeah. I, I will say I had not fallen asleep. Um, I did watch the Texans game... While at a family gathering uh, with my girlfriend's family um, at like a pizza restaurant with like a, a TV that was in front of us with no sound, which was a very weird video- viewing experience. Um, so I, I watched like I kind of halfway watched like two thirds of that game. That game, I think I actually stopped in like the third or fourth quarter. And that sounds weird to say, but I kind of reached the point where I was like, well, either we're going to lose and I do not want to watch this. Or we're going to win, and I will not feel good about it. So wait, you you chose to just like stop watching? I did. What, I did, did, what yes. did you do? I took a nap. Oh. Well, I mean, naps are always semi-unintentional, so... No, this was an intentional nap. I, like, somewhere in the third quarter, I'm just like, well, if this is what they're going to do, then I'm going to watch this. Did you at least pause it? Maybe. I don't recall. So this is what happens whenever I'm not with you to make sure you're a good football viewer. You just you start slacking like this. Uh, what I'm I guess. I mean, I guess I missed some overtime shenanigans with the Texans, but also we should not be in overtime shenanigans with the Texans. No, uh, no, we should not. Yeah. Um, so to recap the games that we missed, uh, the first one was the Broncos game, uh, where we went up way closer, a huge, than huge deficit early on, and then yeah, that, that game kind of got close. It never really felt, you know, worrisome. But yeah, there, there was a point there in the fourth quarter where the Broncos had a chance to go get the lead. Obviously, that didn't happen because they're terrible. Well, yeah. So the worst part of that game is we allowed Team Russell Wilson touchdowns to catch up with Team Bathroom. Mm, yeah. We really uninitiated. We really let all of Twitter down by doing that. Yeah. A real shame. That was one of my favorite memes. I think he's tied right now, so he's probably going to win. Well, unless he adds bathrooms. Yeah. Which is unlikely. That's a good point. We need to... 
he's just racking up all these touchdowns. Try to, try the bathrooms to... are just sitting there static. Yeah. They're about to let up a big lead. The bathrooms, yeah, the bathrooms are the Chiefs. They don't like uh, they, they, when they play with the lead, they get real conservative. They're playing prevent defense right now. Exactly. They're just sitting there being bathroom. They're, they're playing, not. They're playing not to they're lose. They're not expanding. They're not multiplying. They're yeah. Just static. Yeah. That's good. We're ultra conservative. Firebob Sutton. <laughs> uh, well, we got yeah. on a bit of a tangent there. That, um, that game was close. The Texans game was close. Texans game literally went to overtime. Yeah. That's so weird. And, you know, um, I think at this point I've got more respect for the Texans, I guess, an organization than the Broncos. Well, that's like saying I respect one egg more than another egg. I mean. Well, no. Okay. The Broncos had a lot of talent on defense. But that, that, that's how the ball has quit now. They're just like, they're done. Yeah. That was very much a we're done here game. Yeah. Uh, kudos to them for lasting this long. Yeah. I would have quit in week five. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now my question. Well, you know what? I'm going to save that for the Broncos preview um, because we are playing them next. It is Broncos week, although it's a very unexciting Broncos week um, for reasons we will discuss later. Yeah. Uh, so we beat the Broncos. We beat the Texans. We we got the turnover there at the very end, sealed the game. Uh, two kind of weird games. Mahomes um, threw some some bad interceptions against the Broncos. I will say, I kind of feel like, you know, early on back in like 2000, the offseason of like pre-2018 mm-hmm. where like people were talking like, oh man, Mahomes is throwing so many interceptions in practice. Yeah. It felt like he was doing the like practice, I'm just going to kind of press it to see what I can do during the game. So, did you Mahomes get that feeling? treats the Broncos like practice. A little bit, yeah. It, it felt like the big brother just kind of goofing around, calling all these weird plays when playing Madden against the little brother. Yeah. That's what that felt like to me. Why not? The Texans one, I don't know. It's hard to get up for the Texans. I don't, I don't know what else to say. This team plays so much to, to the level of their competition. Yeah. Like, really, really down. Like, they'll play so far down. Um, and I feel like there's a little bit of... A little bit of a sense of security, maybe a false sense of security, where it's like... Everyone assumes we've got this amazing offense that can just crank out three touchdowns at will at any point in time. Yeah. And that's true, but, like, I don't know. I feel like the curse of the defense the entire time Mahomes has been playing is that the defense doesn't feel like they really have to lock down because they know they've got the offense to bail them out. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs' defense has ever really felt like they're the unit that needs to win the game. Yeah. It's more like they're the unit that needs to not screw it up. And that's, that's not really incorrect. Um, for being honest, but I would like him to be a little bit more the one that wins the game, which is a nice segue into the Seahawks game because I kind of feel like that's what happened. That was one of our more complete wins of the season. Yeah, weirdly enough. Um, let me start off by saying I was able to actually go to this game. Um, I went with my girlfriend and her mom and her brother and sister-in-law. Um, it was extremely cold. It was stupid cold. I was wearing like I, I was totally fine because I was I was fully layered up and I'm a pretty warm guy to begin with. Um, but man, my feet were absolutely freezing on that concrete. We tried to bring some like cardboard in to stand on it. You can't do that anymore. Why not? I don't know. You're gonna cardboard cut somebody. I'm, I don't know. But they wouldn't let us do that. So we're just they like sell like fifty dollar cheese memorabilia cardboard. <laughs> you know what? If they had, I would have bought it. It was that cold. 
I, I got like two big uh, souvenir drinks, one for me and uh, one for my girlfriend, and like just realized that they just froze like immediately. <laughs> they just instantly froze because they were souvenir popsicles. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was kind of funny in a way, but yeah, it was super cold. It was still a fun environment. Um, it was still fun to go to the game. I'd never been to a game that was that was that cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that like having like been there, you could just kind of like sense that this was not a game where there's going to be a lot of passing, and there really wasn't. It, it was a game where you're going to have to run the ball a lot because it was just so frigid out there. Yeah. Um, I think you could have taken the results of the Seahawks game, the Texans game, and flipped them, and that would have been my expectation. Like, I would have expected us to blow out the Texans and play the Seahawks very close. Yeah. Uh, I think it's great, because I think the Seahawks are a pretty quality team this year. They were. They've hit a pretty bad skid here, though. Well, they didn't have Tyler Lockett. Yeah. That's a big deal. In fact, they had a, a bit of a decimated offensive line, if I remember correctly. Probably. Yeah. Um, but my, again, my initial point was that this was a game where it felt like the defense was the unit that really won the game for us. Not that the offense was really bad. I mean, they, they played really well at the beginning. Uh, they kind of went to sleep there in the second half a little bit. Um, but they got that late touchdown to go up, uh, big on the Seahawks again. So the offense, I thought overall played, played it pretty well. Um, it seemed like most of the time that they were stalling out, it was just some killer drops. Uh, Justin Watson, my guy. Oh, he did. Um, That's problems. You, you got to catch the ball. Is, like, he a, is he a warm weather guy? I know he played in Tampa. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where he would score. Where's he from? Well, I don't, normally, I know this stuff. I don't I've got no idea where he would I never know this kind of stuff. I thought maybe you would. Um, no. He, he's not like a big name ever. No, no. But. Yeah, yeah, that's the one rule of being a receiver is that you receive the ball into your hands. And, catch and there it. was, like, he dropped a couple of tough catches. He dropped a couple of easy catches. He dropped a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He, he did, like, Mahomes did the thing where he put his hands on his helmet. He's like, what happened? Yeah, I didn't see that. Actually, I haven't rewatched that game on the, the broadcast yet. I need to do that. Because uh, so, there's so many things that happen that you don't see live. Yeah. Um, but I will say, going just real quick back to my live experience, um, we had some really nice seats. They're on like the, the goal line more or less on like row six. And it was I got to see some plays really up close. It was so cool. Like the Jarek McKinnon touchdown happened like right in front of me. That was awesome. Uh that really cool catch that Travis Kelsey had where the ball just like floated right over the defender's shoulder and he caught it. I got to see that from like such a cool angle where like as the ball was in the air, I could see like I could see Travis like tracking it and like slow down a bit so that the ball would like hit him perfectly. Um, That's awesome. That was incredible. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a fun game. I thought my girlfriend had a good time. She was dancing to all the songs, um, partially because it was fun, but mostly to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> dancing for warmth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a good time. So the Chiefs are 11 and 3. Yeah. Correct? Wow. It, it's crazy. How we have this amazing record, and yet it feels like, you know, again, so typical. Like, throughout the season, Chiefs fans have been, like, wringing their hands about stuff. Well, you know? yes. We, we, uh, just as fans, we have set the expectation level so high. Yeah. It's, it's like, we should play – basically, it's we should play the Bills and the Bengals close but win. 
and every other team we should dominate. Yeah. That's that's our expectation. So like so. any other franchise, you'd be like, man, what a great year we're having. Yeah. Um, and I, not, to, not to say that the Chiefs fans are like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. But it is like excellence has, excellence has become the expectation. Mm-hmm. Anything short of that has become unacceptable. Yeah. Which I guess that's just that's what happens whenever you're this good for this long. Um, but yeah, we do need to just kind of like stop and appreciate it. The further we get along, the less sense the loss of the Colts makes to me. Yeah, I mean... They're like one of, one of three or four NFL franchises that are just in total disarray. Yeah. Now, they weren't in total disarray whenever we played them. I'd, I'd like to state that. I think that was the best Matt Ryan as a Colt game, probably. Yeah. I mean, that was unquestionably the the zenith of their season was beating us. Like he's their third-string quarterback now. Yeah. No, the Colts are a sad sack franchise right now. That loss was just a complete head scratcher, and just a, that was just such a weird game. That was a, that was like the quintessential Andy Reid. What the heck happened? Loss. Yeah. Versus like, did you know there was a game this week? Yeah. Did you game plan? Which again, I'd like to add that happens to every single team. Yeah. It happens to some teams several times a year. <laughs> yeah. So that not well, not no, exclusively be, an Andy Reid thing. To be sitting at eleven and three at this point in the season feels fantastic. It's awesome. I mean, we're we're right there for the one seed. We yeah. just need the Bills to drop one game. What's funny is that, I mean, we looked at the schedule at the start of the year and thought, man, this is a gauntlet. It was. It's like there are so many teams that would have, like, we would have thought they had been really good, and they were they're not good this year. The Bucks, the Rams, mm. uh, the Seahawks, I thought were going to be bad, and I thought they were going to be good, but then they were bad again. The entire ASC West outside of us. Yes, very true. Uh, and I want to do a little around the AFC West at some point because, man, there's some funny stuff going on. Oh, we will. Yeah. Yeah, we got uh, several weeks we need to catch up on. I think our best win of the season at this point is the Niners. Oh, undoubtedly. We beat them handily. Yeah. I mean, that that, that, was, that the, was with Jimmy G, too, wasn't it? Um, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's Now we got Brock Purdy. That took me a bit, but I got there. Yeah. That is one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league. And we just chewed them up and spat them out. Clowned them. We did. Yeah, we clowned them. We 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 game planned around Bosa specifically, which is great. And they didn't score a ton of points on us either. No. Granted, they hadn't like fully integrated McCaffrey yet. That was like his first game after the trade, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was an impressive win. Uh. So. So I. It's like I'm feeling good about the Chiefs' season. Yeah. But also, like part of me is like, I feel like we could lose to any team in the playoff field. It, yeah, like, like someone who doesn't deserve to be there, like the Jets or Dolphins or some stupid stuff, are going to show up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we could beat that team. But, man, if you talk about the Bills or the Bengals or maybe even the Dolphins, I feel like it's a bit of a toss-up right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we'll, we'll get into kind of the playoff picture here in a little bit. Um, but before we do, just how, how are we feeling about the team? Um what was your main concern about the Chiefs right now, or do you uh, have any? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, it's not even a single thing anymore. It's like the pass rush has come on in recent weeks because that, that's. I mean, if, if we're looking at actual concerns, pass rush is number one. Number two is just offensive line question mark. The pass rush has shown up the last couple of weeks. Carlafta seems to be coming on. Uh, the offensive line has done better. I think they struggled throughout the season, but they've done better the last couple of weeks. Um. But my, my overall, my, my overarching concern, I think this affects both position groups, is 
just like, I hate to say effort, but just like consistency, I guess is the question. It, it just feel like we, we've got a little bit of the, like last year was whenever things would start to snowball on us. You'd have a couple drops, a couple weird turnovers and a couple weird penalties. And then just like you're out of the game before you know it. And, you know, tries or might couldn't get back in. Yeah, I feel like I see a little bit of that from this Chiefs team where there's some some weird drops, some weird turnovers, some weird penalties. And part of that is just a young team. And, and I think it's easy to forget the Chiefs, outside of a handful of veterans, are a young team, a very young team. And also, they, like, the receiver room is still coming together, for sure. But uh, I, I, I worry about, like, it feels like every game we start slowing out. You know, I worry if we get into a playoff scenario where we start slow and we make dumb mistakes, um, we, you know, the, the margins for error just get way thinner in the playoffs. And I'm worried about us getting ourselves out of the game and not being able to get back in. Yeah, um, my two thoughts on that. Number one, I think that at least in recent weeks is more of a symptom of playing these, like, really bad teams. Like, it's just, I think it's so hard to get up for, like, the Texans or the Broncos, a team like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, you talked about, you know, the inconsistencies of last year. And I really think this team's a lot better about that kind of stuff. I mean, there's sure there's still some of it. Um, but I don't, I don't think like, you know, think about last year when we were just like, it seemed like the team was just totally getting in its own head about turnovers. Yeah. Um, defense was just vanishing at times. Offense just like could not get out of its own way. Um, there really hasn't been much of that. I mean, like, the worst turnover thing that we've had to happen was, like, Mahomes throwing three picks, which was weird. Yeah. Um, but we still won the game. I will say the offense is more resilient this year. Um, it's more... It's much less one-dimensional, I yes. think, is the key there. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. all have to be the pass. We don't do this thing where, we, you know, if, if you can't... If the if the deep, mid-to-deep ball is not there, things just sputtered last year. Yeah. This year, it's like, yes, we're comfortable taking short yardage. Yes, we're comfortable with, with trying to run the ball on first and second downs. I think the offense has a lot more tools in its tool belt, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like Batman. It's just pulling out tool after tool, a bunch of gadgets. And, you know, that's why I think, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but that's why I think the Tyreek trade worked for both teams. Because Tyreek is still awesome and is able to go prove that with the Dolphins. But then the Chiefs basically, like, diversify their offense such that you couldn't really take out one player or two players and and, and shut them down. I think that's a good point. Like this this uh, offense, it might not have that like razor sharp edge that it had, you know, in like prime early Mahomes career. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot harder to really stop it in any meaningful way for an extended period of time, I think. Yeah. Because it's not it's much less one dimensional. It's much less reliant on any one player. It's really, it's, it's Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and then a bunch of guys, um, a bunch of important guys. I'll say like you saw whenever Juju went down, like the offense was not quite the same, um, but it's not like, okay, if we take out this guy and this guy, the chiefs offense is shut down completely. Yeah. It's not like that this year. Here's a, let's do a quick thought exercise here. Okay. Who do you believe are the chiefs starting receivers in 2024? Um, I think Juju will be back. Uh, I think he's a great, uh, just a tremendous fit for what we do and what we need. And I think he likes being here. 
So I, I think we're going to make that work. Sign him to... Because he, he only signed a one-year contract with us, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to sign him to a longer-term deal. Not like a superstar deal, but like a solid, above-average starter. Like three-year, $45 million. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. That sounds about right. Fifteen million, fifteen million a year for a receiver—that's that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be back. Um, boy, it's tough. I I think Kadarius Tony will be back in some context. I don't actually know. I think well, he's going to be back. By, by be back, I mean we've got him under contract for like three more years. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, so he'll be back. Um, Sky Moore, obviously. Yeah. Justin Watson, I think, will be back. Okay, I'm, I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking about 2024. Like, like who's, 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 yeah, who's the receivers you build around? Oh, oh well, I think I think okay. you, the thir- first two you mentioned, Juju, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Tony. I think that's like our three receiver set. Yeah, for a long time. I think we probably got three years with those guys. I don't think McCole's going to be back after his contract runs out, unless he wants to do like a D Rob, I'll just hang around deal. Yeah, which I would uh, be fine with. Yeah, yeah, he might want to. I don't know. Um, Scant- Valdez Scantling is going to be cut. I'm, I feel very confident about that one, actually. I mean, we don't. It's not like we have a bad deal for him right now, right? What was it like two years, fifteen million for him? It was a one-year deal with like a couple extra years tacked on to make it look like a three-year deal. Yeah. Um, man, I just—he's not quite to the level of I wouldn't want him to play for us for free. But I, I think the cost is not so much what we're paying him as it is the opportunity cost of having other players take those snaps. A bit of a progress blocker. Yeah. 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 I, um, I see that. And I know he's really inconsistent, but I mean, and one thing that's kind of the nature of the position that he plays, outside of like your superstar wide receivers, every receiver is pretty inconsistent as far as like, oh, they had a big game or oh, they didn't do much that game. Um, with MVS, um, the drops are bad. Yeah, they are. That's that's probably the main thing, really, is like just just catch the ball. Yeah, that's, that's six out. Um, it's funny for a guy who's only played with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. It's like, are you actually good? You know? Um, well, well, let me say this. Right whenever we signed him, and this was always my view on him, I, I said he's going to be the guy that he was in Green Bay. That's what he is. And he is. That's exactly what he is. So if, if that's what you want, then fine. But, like, uh, I know a lot of Chiefs fans were kind of hopeful that he would kind of blossom into this, you know, new version of himself. And I never never really bought into that because as good as Patrick is, I mean, he had Rodgers. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be back. Um, and I don't think that Justin Watson will be either. So I think we're probably looking at, like, those three core receivers and probably – Probably a draft pick over the next two years. I mean, the Chiefs should draft a receiver with a with a mid to high round pick every two years. Yeah. I really think. Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable, especially as valuable as wide receivers are in the modern NFL. I think that's reasonable. And you know, my my big thing about Mahomes and the team building is keep stocking the cover. Oh yeah. Uh, don't don't just like roll guys out there and be like, ah, Mahomes will figure it out. We're paying him a ton of money. Like keep giving him star wide receivers. To get that like synergy going, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I I think we have some decent pieces. Uh, we could use not like a Tyreek replacement, but 
I don't. Hmm. Do you think Juju is good enough to be our wide receiver one for like going forward to build around, okay. or do you feel like we okay. need another guy still? Let, let me use an example from the music world, if I may. Okay, you ready? Uh, the band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Good band. Good I like band. them. They got some good stuff. Uh, from California. Yes, their lead guitarist, John Frusciante, mm-hmm. is very good. He's not a lead guitarist because the lead guitarist of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is the bassist. Mm, that's what you're saying. With the Chiefs, the lead receiver, the number one receiver for the Chiefs is Travis Kelsey. Mm, he's tight. So in. you don't really need a one in the in the traditional sense. Yes, I agree. You maybe don't need one, but darn it, if it wouldn't be nice to have. Well, one. yeah. Think about how fun it would be like if you had like Justin Jefferson or. Uh, or Jamar Chase on the Chiefs. Like, that would be incredible. Yes. I would love for us to spend, like, a top – or, like, a first-round pick or, like, a top 15 pick, hopefully through trade, one of these days on just a world-beating receiver. Also, and let me just let me just go ahead and get this out there because it's been growing on my mind all season. We picked Sky Moore over George Pickens, and I'm not sure about that decision. Yeah. I feel like George Pickens has the talent level to be with those other guys I just mentioned. Sky Moore probably doesn't. Um, I don't know. I, I think you're I think it's too early to say about Sky Moore. Um I, I don't know. I haven't really watched that much Pickens. I don't know how productive he's really been in that offense. I think he's a bit of a head case, by the way. I think he's the boy. The honorary crazy well, Steeler yeah, wide receiver will fit right in in Pittsburgh. Then It'll fit right in. Um, I'm not. I'm not too worried about Sky Moore. It, it feels like when he gets opportunities, he makes plays. It's true, he does. And again, we're talking about Sky Moore, the receiver, not Sky Moore, the punt returner. Here, that guy Wait, sucks. Did Sky Moore return punts? Uh, kick return or whatever. I've completely forgotten. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. He did. He did on uh, Sunday. That's a lot. Yeah, there was a punt. Sure? There was a punt that he returned. You're sure it wasn't Watson or no Tony? It was Sky Moore because I saw him out there. and I was like, "What the heck?" Did, are we okay, doing? question for you: Did Tony get hurt? I did not see did him. I didn't hurt. Feel like I saw him play in the second half at all. Um, I don't know. Okay. I, he was he was our punt returner for the most part. Maybe he did. Maybe that's why Sky. We, was pro- we probably looked this up, but I'm too lazy to. So I'm just gonna. No, I don't. I don't think. Speculate. I don't think Tony got hurt. Um, he had a lot of like catch the ball and run around for a bit and then get tackled and get yeah. like precisely no return. <laughs> so I see him get a little bit better. Maybe he'll pop up he one of these days. That's great. Um, that's, I think this point has been made and it's interesting to me that you, you think of the goal line being where you need like big bodies, like power running or like six foot six tight ends and stuff. Mm. With the Chiefs, it feels like you need those gadget players at the goal line. Like a Tadoni or Nicole Hardman or you know last year Tyreek Hill, because a lot of our goal line offense is some of that like just goofball chicanery stuff that they run, and that requires those gadget guys, and you, you can tell like you can tell their absence of them on in there. Yeah, it is strange how much we use those guys in the goal line. It's not to me, it doesn't seem like a situation where you'd want to use them because right. you're hoping they like break a big play running like down the sideline, and you can't really do that on the goal line. No. Um, but man, it, it does seem to work. I think I think they just get him out in space and give him a shot at the goal line. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a good way to score. Seems to work. Um, I think I think this year we've been a lot better about. It hasn't been like 
great all the time, but no. short yardage, just like normal runs and on the goal line. Oh yeah. It feels like those have worked a lot better because it felt like last year they never worked. Mm-hmm. This year it feels like they worked a little bit better. That might have to do with personnel. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Pacheco. Was who I'm Pacheco and McKinnon are. Yeah. McKinnon, man, he, he, I, I really liked him. Like even going into this year, I saw like the flashes of what he could be. Feels like he's really like finding his stride in this offense right now. Where he's not like going to be like a high volume guy, um, but man, it just seems like every time he's getting a chance to make a play, he is. Yeah, he's a fantastic receiver out of the backfield too. Yeah, I love him as a third down back, and I really like Pacheco as the one two two down back. Um, Pacheco feels like a workhorse. He, I think he could be. Yeah, I I don't know if we I don't think we'd want him to be because I don't think. No, the Chiefs read offense has really worked that way. They're too much of a committee, and that's probably fine. Yeah, uh, I would have preferred the committee approach because I really think, like, in today's NFL, it's just too much wear and tear on a guy's body to go for with a full season of that. Kind of Let's stuff. say this: I think Pacheco's surprisingly punishing running style fits very well with like being the guy who buries the other team when we have a lead. Yeah, and we we have some mullers on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Crane Humphrey, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney. Scary guys. That's a, that's a scary interior there. That's some good run blockers. I think Orlando Brown's good at the run, too. It's, it's weird to me because the Chiefs offensive line is the exact opposite of what it was like two or three years ago. Where, like, the interior line is one of the best in the league. Very strong. Mm-hmm. Tackles are, are suspect. Yeah. Whereas in years past, it was like, okay, Eric Fisher, Mr. Schwartz, we got tackle covered. We got a bunch of Jags playing in the middle. Yeah. You know? I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's the way you prefer to have it. I think you'd rather have the elite tackles. Um, we'll, uh, we'll discuss Brown yeah. with the offseason a lot. Yeah, sure. that's, that's an interesting point. I feel like with Mahomes' playing style, I feel like if it if there's pressure from the tackles, he can he can run around it and escape the pocket. If there's pressure up the middle, he's just shot. He, I, I feel like that yeah. does not seem to work as well with his game. That, I mean, that's almost every quarterback. Like interior pressure is way more hard to deal with than yeah. exterior pressure. Um, with Mahomes, it's really like, does he have an area where he can step into either A, the pocket, or like B, a gap? Yeah. Um, and he can always just like do that thing where he just flips his hips and runs around. I mean, Mahomes, he can scramble all day. Um, I think that's why some of like the, if you look at like the pass blocking statistics for the Chiefs, it kind of depends on like which one you look at. If you look at pressures, I'm sure we look horrible because Mahomes likes to hold the ball and run around because he can't. But if you look at like sacks, we'd probably look awesome because it's incredibly difficult to actually sack Mahomes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. Um, I, I do want to – you kind of addressed it, um, but we never really nailed it down. And something I wanted to talk about was the pass rush. Because in the middle of the season, that was my number one concern – and something I was really worried might kind of hinder us and kind of lower our ceiling as a team this year was this pass rush. Um, but it does feel like it's kind of started to come around a little bit. Um, I think we're getting, I don't know if it's like any major things. I just feel like we're getting just a little bit more out of Frank Clark. He's looking a little, a little more spry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're getting a little more out of um, Karlaftis. He's been fun to watch the last couple weeks. He, he's actually had a couple of snaps where he's beating guys around the edge and like winning fast. 
if that was kind of your number one concern with him, yeah. was that he couldn't do that. So that, that I think that's really encouraging to see. I, I care about that kind of stuff like ten times more than I do about him picking up like these coverage checks that he has been getting. Yeah. Also, he um got some big old mitts he uses to knock the ball down. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder polo background. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, he's he's looked a lot better. I mean, that's if he actually comes off as a as a premium pass rusher, given the fact that we invested a late first round pick in him, that's gonna be great and huge. Yeah. And we don't need him to be like an all world pass rusher. We just need him to be like a solid dude to pair up with Chris Jones where they can't focus all their attention on him. I would still absolutely make a trade for a pass rusher in the offseason, though. Yeah, absolutely. Like, back when we were talking about, like, that deadline, it was like, we might get Josh Allen, we might get, I don't even remember who the other guys are, that we were in contention for. But, like, I think one of those deals needs to come off where we actually get a premium pass rusher from outside. Mm-hmm. Or draft, but it'd probably be, I mean, those those... Good pass rushers don't last past like the top twenty picks. Yeah, and it, the Chiefs don't tough. pick in the, top, in the top twenty anymore. It's tough. You kind of have to get a good deal on one of them in the later rounds, really. Yeah, if you want to go that route. Uh, yeah, we do have we have a couple of guys that are like okay, but kind of band aids, really. Yeah, like Frank Clark. Um, I think he's actually played decently the last you know couple weeks here. I just think um, this is but he's not a guy you want to build around. He's he's not here next year. No. Uh, he wouldn't be here this year if he didn't take like a very, you know, in relatively team friendly contract. Yeah, Dunlap's too old to build around. Yeah, so we, we're getting like I think decent protection out of those guys right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going forward, it's Carlatis, it's Jones, it's Saunders, a few other guys, kind of rotational guys, and then you really need some more defensive ends. Really do. Yeah. So I'm feeling I'm feeling a little better about the pass rush. It's so weird because you see some of these statistics like we're fourth in sacks that we've kind of been hovering around there for most of the season it seems. But then you have games like against the Bengals where it seems like we get no pressure all game long. I kind of have a hard time meshing those things, you know? Yeah, I do too. Um... I feel like if if the offensive line is quality enough where they can stop our four man pass rush, then we're in a bit of trouble. Because when that happens, if you if you can't get home with four, uh, especially if I mean Spags' style is to bring an extra blitzer or two, uh, and that almost always leaves us open at the back end. Um, so if you if you invest those resources in pass rush or, or in a blitz, I should say. Uh, and that doesn't pay off, you're very exposed. I feel like that's, that's when the Chiefs lose, that's what happens, is that we we send extra guys that don't get home. Well, that's part of my concern, is that we find ourselves in a situation sometimes where it feels like we have to blitz to get pressure. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this will be, we might catch them off guard here. This is, mix it up a bit on them. It's like, we have to do this, or we will get just stonewalled with four guys. That's my concern. Um is you can't just let the guy sit back there all day long when you're only sending four. You don't want to you don't want to get a situation where you have to pass rush because when you play in a guy that's really good against it, like Allen or Burrow, uh, whoever it may be, he's gonna, you know, slice yeah. and dice you. It's gotta be instant pressure. Yeah. Um, but I'm feeling a little better about the pass rush. I don't there's a little bit of me that's like, eh, maybe we've just kind of played some worse offensive lines here. Yeah. Uh so I'm not 
It's not like problem solved, but I don't feel like it's don't feel like a glaring weakness like it did a little bit earlier in the year. Yeah, I agree. So we will see. Um, it's tough when you get to the playoffs and you start playing these really good quarterbacks. Yeah, it kind of makes some of your you know defensive parts look a bit worse. We will see. Uh, any more thoughts on like the Seahawks or any of these games uh, that have been played before we kind of start looking forward into the playoffs and whatnot? Hmm. I don't think so. It's it's still just like the season on the whole. It's concerning to me that we lost to the Bills and the Bengals, and we're almost certainly going to see one or both of those teams in the playoffs. If I may provide a counterpoint, you can. Both of those games were very close. And the Bengals game especially, you could argue that was more or less a coin flip. Yeah, I mean, if, if Travis Kelsey doesn't turn that ball over, yep. I think we win that game. Yeah, I think so. Not like 100% sure, obviously, because it's football, but I think we win that game if he doesn't fumble there. Uh, and the Bills, that was a very close game too. Yeah. So it's not like there's some gulf between us and these other teams. If anything, I think we're right up there if not better. So yeah. Oh, I definitely. Feel fine. Definitely. Um, I don't. I don't. I guess I don't mean that to say that I think that the Chiefs are not like are outclassed by those teams. More just like we have not proven we can beat a quality playoff opponent yet. Mm-hmm. Except we the, beat the 49ers. You might say the Chargers. Uh, we beat the Chargers. They're going to make the playoffs. They've clinched the playoff spot. Yep. Um. I mean, there's not that many teams we've played that are going to be in the playoffs. Really. I mean, it's the Niners. The Chargers. You know, I thought it was going to be the Titans when we played them. They're not going to make the playoffs. No, the Titans. Well, I mean, they could still. Tannehill's hurt. They shouldn't because they're terrible, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I I see your concern. That's my only apprehension. I I, I feel like where where I'm at with the Chiefs right now with what I think their potential is, I think they win their wildcard game. I think it – okay, and this is assuming we don't get the one seed, which – it's not really fair because the Bengals and Bills play, and I actually think that the Bengals could beat them. Oh yeah, I, I think I think we definitely could. Um, but if we, I think we can. If we, if we are in a wildcard game, we'll beat the wildcard team. Division is fifty-fifty to me. Yeah. Division round. Yeah, I'm, I think that's probably correct. I'd give us maybe just a little bit of an edge because I really do think like when the Chiefs team is like really focused and clicking, mm-hmm. I think we look better than almost any other team. And I trust Mahomes more than any other quarterback in the league to be elite in those high-pressure situations. So I'm I'm not concerned about these other teams. Every every team that you play, it's going to be a tough game. And I think I think the big three in the AFC. And I don't think there's really much, uh, you know, contention on this. Really, is it's the Chiefs, it's the Bills, and it's the Bengals. Yep, Dolphins are. It really feels like the. That Super Bowl team is going to be one of those three. The Dolphins and Ravens kind of float around occasionally, but both their quarterbacks are hurt, and those teams have struggled lately. Yeah. Um, why don't we do our Broncos preview before we really get into the playoff stuff and some around-the-league stuff? Um, how would you like to start off our Broncos preview, Andrew? I'm glad you asked. I've got uh, an audio clip from the latest Broncos game that I think uh, sheds a lot of light on how their season's going so far this year. All right, let's listen into it.
All right, that was enlightening. That, yeah, that was a uh, that was notable, um, accomplished, respected film analyst Patrick Starr <laughs> giving uh, his, his opinion of Russell Wilson's performance to the children. Can it get any worse than getting just roasted by a fictional character on a ch- children's TV show I don't on think national so. television? I don't think so. Um, man, this is, <laughs> this is okay. You know, we, we try to take every chief season, you know, not take it for granted, appreciate it for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite season of Broncos football ever. <laughs> You're enjoying this, huh? Oh man. You're enjoying the ride. For someone, yeah, for someone who had to have John Elway and Peyton Manning for semi throw for so many years, um, this is sublime. <laughs> um, because, you know, they were part of the AFC hype. They were really, they were driving the AFC West hype this year. Um, but it's all gone so beautifully. Um, even the things that they thought were great are terrible. You know, they, for one, they hired their coach, and it cannot be overstated here. They hired their coach to lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver. And it didn't work. Did not work. Um, and, and people kill, still kind of talked him up like he was some kind of secret genius hire. That dude was totally inept. And I'd say was because he's fired now. Yeah. Um, I think he might have been one of those guys that just kind of was adjacent to success. Yes. Because if you look at the quarterbacks that he was offensive coordinator with, it's a like guy like Aaron Rodgers and Blake Bortles, um, guys that really don't need much coaching, you know? Yeah, he's he's a uh, – just slip into Blake Bortles. What, what do you mean slip it? In? Yeah. Um, he is a blander Adam Gates. Ooh. Because, Whoa, that's me. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what I mean to say. Uh, Adam Gase himself was both incompetent and off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, Nathan- Nathaniel Hackett was incompetent, but totally just neutral. I yeah, like nothing good or bad, just kind of a slightly weird dude. I think he seemed like a nice guy. I, yeah, I guess. I, I think I would get along with him. Uh, he he's, might not he's be a the good one football like, coach. Like, like after, after the mass murders, the neighbors are like, well, he seemed like such a normal guy, you know? Oh, man. We're just, just really throwing this guy under the bus here. Oh, he sucks. Um, um, if In case you haven't heard the listener and we're bearing the lead a little bit, um, Daniel Hackett was fired this week. Yeah. On Christmas. On? Uh, well, near close, Christmas. Of course, well, close to Probably Christmas. Probably right after Christmas. There were still cookie, Christmas cookies in his kitchen whenever he was fired. Oh, that's a sad picture. Um, by Walmart. Um, very yes. rude. Very mean. Oh, you know, Walmart does not get along with labor. No. Um, it's very much not keeping with the holidays. Well, okay. That's that's another funny thing. You know, if... if <laughs> that's why it's so great. If you're a Broncos fan, you're like, man, we got a new coach. We got a new quarterback. A Super Bowl winning quarterback. We got a new new owner who's going to know what to do. Everything's, everything's coming up Broncos. And every one of those things has gone terribly. Because the owners bought the team after they traded for Russ Wilson, after they hired their coach, made neither of those decisions, but they're tied to them. Shackled, uh, some might say. Yeah. So they made the one move they could by firing the coach, which probably was deserved. But, I mean, the Russell Wilson thing is, is delicious on so many levels because, one, he's very bad. People were hoping he would be good. He's actually very bad. Not just like... Very bad. 
He might be the worst quarterback in the NFL this year. Yeah. It's like a fight between him and Zach Wilson. It's honest to God like he forgot how to play football. Yeah. No, it's, it's real, real bad. Um, um, it, if I might yeah, interject yes, a funny please. anecdote, I was looking at like an old kind of like cold taste exposed type tweet about some Broncos fans talking about how awesome the Broncos were going to be this year. And one of the tweets below it said, I can't wait for the Broncos. This is a Chiefs fan. Said, I can't wait for the Broncos to go eight and nine and lose in the wild card round. And I'm like, eight, nine and lose the wild card round? They would love for that to happen right now. I mean, that <laughs> this, this like burn that he was, that Chiefs fan was given to him just like far exceeded what actually happened. Yeah. So basically, like, the reality was way, way, way worse than anyone could have dream this would okay. happen. So Russell Wilson is bad. Yeah. He's extremely expensive. He's booty. His contract is impossible to move. Booty cheeks. You can, you cannot affordably cut him until like 2026. Um, that guy's deeply weird. Oh yeah. Like, like he went from slightly likable to very off-putting in one off-season. I think he always had a personality that if he was winning and was good at football, you would tolerate, not yeah. like, but tolerate. No, I, I, I remember when Russell Wilson was actually cool. Man, I don't. It was early. Oh, okay. Yeah. It must have been real early. Yeah. Um, he's gotten weird for sure. He's one of those guys that just has like an air of phoniness about him and everything that he does. Definitely does now. It, it's so hard. It's such an intangible thing and hard to like define. But you just kind of like know it when you see it. Uh, let's let's re- let's relive the the fakest Russell Wilson moments of the offseason. Oh we? wow! Um, I think number one has to be Mister Unlimited. Uh, the, that was so bad. The cringiest. I don't, know, I don't even know the medium social or uh, TikTok. I guess it was him putting them out there to the world. Yeah, just firing it away. Yeah, just being. Super weird on, on some videos. Also, it, this gets lost in the mix here. Gets lost in the sauce. He was doing that under the context of making his own nickname, which in of itself is an extremely lame thing yeah, to do. Very lame. You can't make up your own nickname. Well, no, he he created an alter ego. That's worse. Yeah. What is. you just said was worse than yes. the nickname. Thing. I know. I know. Uh, Ty for number one is his TikTok with the like he had like a remote control and he was pointing to things. You remember this at all? I'm not sure I do. Okay. Keep going, and maybe I'll remember. It was super lame. Um, he, he maybe the guy just so the, the way TikTok. the way he uses social media makes me want to never get on social media ever again. Yeah. Um, okay. Number two, uh, the Danger Witch. The Danger Witch, as all or all of our listeners are very familiar with, <laughs> just the, the weirdest, creepiest, uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, dorkiest, just just really hamming it up. Yeah, but not funny in any way at all. No, A joke with no punchline. Yeah. Um. It's, oh, and and it is finally being recognized. I I found this in the wild on the app. Ooh. But like, I think certain high profile Twitter users have discovered this and shared it. Uh, the anonymous danger witch. If you mm-hmm. go on Subway's app, which is the only way to get these. Like special sandwiches, one of which is the Danger Witch. It's like here's Patrick Mahomes sub, here's Jimmy Garoppolo's sub, here's Marshawn Lynch's sub, and then it's just the Danger Witch. Not not Russell Wilson's Danger Witch. Yeah, 
Which the one danger. would presume earlier in the season it was the Russell Wilson danger age. But now it's like it's become such a liability they do not want to be associated with that dude. You don't see any more commercials with Russell Wilson in them. It's it's just he he's Subway wants nothing to do with him now. Such to the point that they took him off of his signature sandwich. Don't you know? He's one of those guys where that actually probably hurt him. He's like, oh man. Not my sandwich. I lost the Subway sandwich. Yeah. Um, There's so many things about him. If I might add another one, just like the way he left Seattle, it was so much like talking on both sides of his mouth. Where like, like, oh, I don't want to leave. I would would never want to leave, you know, Seattle. But if I did, here's the teams I would like to go to. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It feels like a very phony guy. And um, he doesn't, I don't know. He's very, it's, it's a combination of like phoniness and just a complete and utter lack of self-awareness. Like everyone wants him to just stop with this stuff and he didn't. Yeah. I think maybe it's finally starting to like crack through whatever shell he has there. Yeah. And I think maybe he's starting to figure it out. It feels like some of some of his comments about whenever um, Hackett got fired, I think it's like finally I just like want him to come out and be like, you know what, this year has sucked. I played really bad. I don't know. It's like something like that. Yeah. Where it's like just kind of like you know own what's happening right now. I feel oh. like maybe he's starting to do that a little bit. This is another one. Uh, Broncos country, let's ride. Oh uh, yeah, I mean. That's that's like I think that really kicked. That was that was the start, man. That was the tip of the iceberg. We're just like everyone's yeah. like, well, that's a weird thing to do. Yeah, he seems um, like he's being kind of strange. There's that and just like so so many teammates of his in Seattle just like bagging on him on the way out. Yeah, well, that's not a good sign. And it's it's happening in uh, in Denver now too. Like uh, teammates chewing about the sideline. Yeah, like Mike Purcell just like yeah. screaming in his face. Weird interactions. Uh, I don't know. That guy's that guy's so strange. Um, I don't, I don't think this. I don't know if this is with Denver, but like the thing where he he does like he pantomimes the game with no one around. Yes. Uh, or when he like, just like he'll be sitting in midfield, surrounded by reporters, just like spinning around, like yeah, visualizing that thing. Success. Um, the like practicing the high fives as he comes out of the tunnel. Oh, I remember that. There's that. It was so weird. Um. Okay. Do you remember last year when he was hurt? And he would like go out there and do his whole pregame thing, like he was like running the two minute yeah. drill, yeah. but like in his head, yeah. taking mental reps. Uh, that was super lame. And also, do you remember whenever like he like injured his hand, and the doctor was like, "Okay, you need to stay out eight weeks for this to heal." And he's like, "You know what? I've got Wolverine blood. I'm gonna come back in like what was it, two or three weeks?" And then he played like garbage for like five weeks. Was it this year? This was last year. Okay. No, I don't remember this. And then, like, week eight or nine, then he started playing okay. It's like, oh, wow, maybe you should have listened to the doctors and not try to come back because you have Wolverine blood. I feel like Russell Wilson is the football version of the reality distortion field, if you know what that is. It's like a, I think it's like a tech term where it's like... I don't think I know what that is. Where it's like, you know, we know this is impossible to do something in this short of time with this resources that we have, but we're going to expect it of you with the hopes that maybe you can do it. I feel like Russell Wilson's expectations for himself and his situation are so incredibly high and, and again, detached from reality. That's, that, that's the main part. Yeah, like that's his, his strategy. And, and, you know, 
credit to him, he's earned hundreds of millions of dollars doing this. So, you know, as, as cringe and, and goofy and off-putting as he may be, he's still a success, not only. Uh, but, man, I'm just so... I'm, I, I couldn't pick a quarterback I'd rather have with the Denver Broncos right now. Um, now, let's go ahead and just segue this all into our conversation of the Chiefs game that's coming up against the Broncos. Yeah. Because... Normally what happens in the NFL, a coach that's bad gets fired. The team, the next week or two, plays really well. Mm-hmm. Very often they get a win. Mm, the siren song of the interim coach. The fired coach bump. Um, so let me ask you this. Do you think something like that happens against the Chiefs? Do you think the Broncos come out and look like significantly better than they have this season? Okay. Uh, no, I don't. A um, couple reasons. Well, one... I'm still a little bit concerned with the fact that Chiefs, the Broncos played the Chiefs as well as they did last time. So there's just a potential there might be some matchup weirdness there. I think, I mean, um, how many times do you can get Mahomes through three picks, you know? Yeah. My second thing is, and this is also another hilarious Broncos season antidote. They tried to give the interim title to the defensive coordinator. He turned them down. <laughs> Yes, I was trying to bring that up. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not going to be associated with this mess. They're, I've got a career and a family to feed. I'm not going to take the blame for two me, terrible losses. Let me year. tell you what this is like, okay? You're on the Titanic. It is sinking. The iceberg has been hit. You are going down. And the captain's like, hey, would you like to be promoted to captain? Re- rearrange these deck chairs as we're sinking here? How would you like to be interim captain of the Titanic? And you're like, uh, no, actually, I think I'd rather not be, you know, go down in history as the, the captain of the Titanic so, that so, it sinking. And you can't make this up. They hired the guy who was brought in to be Nathaniel Hackett's game management guru. Yes. Which, if it had worked, he would still be the coach. Yeah. So there is some deep, deep irony to that, that the guy that he brought in to help him with, you know, being a head coach is now the head coach. No, I think we're going to see absolute unadulterated uh, incompetence. Just, just terrible football. So basically, you're expecting like the Rams game part two. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Against the Broncos, I think we're going to see just like, like SpongeBob vintage Russell Wilson in a defense that has quit. Hmm. And just like sees no point in expending effort this year. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. Um, and the reason for that is that normally whenever you have a terrible coach that gets fired, say like Urban Meyer, the team wants to perform really well so that everyone knows and they kind of prove it to themselves that this guy was the problem. Yeah, he was holding us back. Look how good we can be without him now that he's gone. With this case, and I don't really know. I'm not exactly sure what the locker room is like. But I have to imagine that most guys on the team, even if they really didn't like or respect Nathaniel Hackett, they still know that the real problem here is Russell Wilson. It wasn't like Russell Wilson's like this amazing player and like, oh, this coach just botched it. He's not good. Um, He's just been playing super bad. So like the, the problem and the reason that they are bad is still on the team. That's why I'm not really expecting this like big coach got fired or right. we're going to rally the troops and get a win here. No. No, I completely agree. Uh, now that we've said that, I'm sure it will end up being like a really close game. Um, 
But I, I don't really expect that to happen. No. I think we will win handily. I think the best thing about the mess that the Broncos are in is how how irreversible it is for like the next three seasons. Oh, yeah. Because you can't get away from Russell Wilson's contract. And until you do, you can't get a quality coach. Yeah. Uh, also, no, it, it's so interesting because normally, like, a, a quarterback of his caliber would normally be a draw for a head coach. Yeah. But right now, he's like, he's like a, one of those magnets that pushes the other magnet away. And he won't be fixed. He's not fixable because, like, he's he's basically, he's running the version of the offense he wants to run, but he can't do it. I, I agree. I came to that conclusion as well. We know we kind of like asked early and maybe even halfway through the season, like, is he going to get fixed? Is he going to be this bad the whole time? I think he is. I think he's going to be this bad. Um, it might get a little bit better if they bring a better offensive mind in there, but I don't know. Whatever whatever was working for Russell Wilson in Seattle, mm-hmm. it's just completely gone. Um, I, I don't know if that's a mental thing or a physical thing or what, but... I don't know. Let me ask you this. Okay. Was he ever a good quarterback? I mean, am I taking crazy pills here? He used to be a good quarterback, right? Okay. In his prime, such as it was, he was something like a hybrid between Drew Brees and Ryan Tannehill. Drew Brees, because he, he was kind of diminutive and, and used the deep ball to his advantage. Ryan Tannehill, because he was entirely dependent on the play action in the strong run game. Hmm. Um, I would say yes. He was a good quarterback. Like he was, he was in the top. There was a time he's a top five quarterback. Um, but it was like like the the reason that the the let Russ cook meme has died so hard this year is because like everyone, not least of which Russell Wilson, thought okay, if you if you really gave Russell Wilson some weapons and opened up the offense. Uh, and stop trying to run the ball so much, he would catch fire. And it did not work at all. At all. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the funniest thing to me. is like I don't, I don't know why people expected Russell Wilson to get better leaving Seattle. Whenever in his last season, he was throwing to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, two that's, elite that's wide receivers. That's a very good wide receiver core. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get, have a very good offensive line the whole time in Seattle. Yeah. Um, but he most years had a pretty good run game to work with. I think an underrated part of his game that is – deteriorating pretty quickly is his scrambling ability. Mm, that's what I was going to say as well. Yeah. He, he, he has lost a little a step there and that's really hurting him, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, honestly, if I were, like I've always said that the, the long-term determinant of an NFL team's success is their ownership. Um, Broncos owners coming on, I don't know if they know how to run a football team. The Waltons. In fact, yeah. In fact, I can say they don't know how to run a football team. Um, and they're probably not going to have the same ego problems that like some terrible teams like the Jets or uh, Commanders or Dolphins do. Um, but also, like, it's really dangerous to come from one part of a business or you know one industry into another and think that the lessons you learned about how to run a like a retailer is going to help you run a football team. Yes. Very different. Like the guy who's running the Panthers right now, he, like, he made his money in hedge funds. Well, that doesn't help you at all for running a football team at all. Nope. Um, so I don't think the Broncos are like in one of these, oh, now we finally found stable ownership. They found very deep pockets. That's great. If I were them, honestly, what I would do, and this sounds a little bit insane, but 
They didn't hire the coach. They didn't sign the quarterback to a contract. I would go nuclear this offseason, cut Russell Wilson, and take that big old bath for the next two seasons. Because hmm. it's like, do you, do you want to have five mediocre seasons or do you want to have one or two terrible seasons and then reset? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can absolutely see the case for doing that. I would probably lean on the other side of that of go ahead and take another year and see if you can fix not fix Russell Wilson, but make it less broken. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the reason why is that if you if you just dump Russell Wilson at this point, that contract just completely hamstrings you for another year or two. Mm-hmm. Like at least another year or two. To where you're not going to be a contender during those years anyways. So why not give it a try? You know? Yeah, you're probably right. What I would do is new coach, see if he responds. See if another another offseason after being completely humiliated changes his attitude or his play. And then if it doesn't work, pull the plug, take the bath, start over. Well, and again, not that I don't want not that I want them to do this, because I want them to continue to screw up and be bad. Um, but what they should do is make sure you have an alternative. Yeah. Make sure you have a, a one or two alternatives. Make sure you have a guy in the building that you can turn to that's not going to be just a complete disaster. Hey, Go grab a, you know, Andy Dalton. Just like you know what they should do is uh, they should draft a quarterback with a one first or second round pick. Oh, crap. For the next two years, they've traded away their first and second round picks. Oh, man, that. Oh. <laughs> Let me, I think this is a good way to end this discussion because I think we both agree Chiefs should beat the Broncos handily. Yeah. We're not really worried about it. Um, now that I said that, I forgot what I was going to say. Hold on. It will come to me. Draft picks. Draft picks. Dang it. I don't know. <laughs> any? Do you have any thoughts on any final thoughts on the Broncos as I try to see if I can remember what I was thinking about? Well, like, it's okay. If you're Patrick Sutan the second. Okay. This is what this is the second league, second year in the league, I believe. Right? Sure. He's got two years left on his contract. He can see what's going on. He can see this team is going to win nothing for at least two, three years. That's true. They're basically like the offseason for 2025 has already like begun. I think if you're a talented defender on the Broncos, you need to try to force a way off the team. Probably true. At this point. I mean, especially because like they had the press conference where they've, they've got the same GM up there and basically saying, like, we still think... They basically they literally said, like, we still think Russell Wilson is fixable. If I'm a defensive player and I hear that, I'm like, okay, it sounds like you're signing me up for a year or two of this. Yeah. And I don't want nothing to do with that. I would rather go play anywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's not a good scene. Not good at all. Yeah. I don't know. It... Again, it is the Broncos, so I don't feel very bad for them. But it is like a very sad thing in football when you have like an elite defense and an offense that just cannot do anything. I feel great. I love that they're wasting the defensive talent. <laughs> it's mean. I, I'm. <laughs> I don't know if this sounds bad, but I, I love every minute of it. <laughs> I, I really. That was my one. My one thing about this season that could have gone better, I guess, is uh, I wish that they had won a couple more games so that they had not fired their coach and they mm. had another year of that guy. You wanted to see year two of Nathaniel Hackett. Yes. Yes, nice. I did. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think that's all I got on the Broncos. I will, okay, I do. Rem- I do remember what I was going to say now. Okay. Uh, just to end uh, our discussion on the Broncos, is the Russell Wilson trade the worst trade in NFL history? Well, one time, uh, the Saints traded their entire draft for the rights to draft Ricky Williams, and he kind of. I mean, he was good for a while, but he kind of sucked. And like eventually decided he literally, I'm not doing this up, wanted to go smoke pot instead of playing the NFL. Yeah, that dude's crazy. Uh, that was a pretty bad trade. Uh, no, I think this one's worse. If you think about it just I in think terms this one's of, worse than that? Yeah. Wow. Because, well, you, when you trade your whole draft, you only draft, you only trade one first round pick. The Broncos trade like, what, three first round picks? I think it was two first, two seconds, some other stuff, and some like significant players. The price they paid. For draft, it just in draft capital was like first belt Hall of Famer. Yeah, and he's playing like borderline starter. Not borderline starter. Yeah, he's playing like borderline backup. Yeah, he's um, playing like worse than Chad Henney. Especially if you take into consideration the contract they signed him to, then yes, I think it's the worst move in NFL history. Wow, wow, worst, That's crazy worst thing ever. <laughs> worst trade ever. Yeah. Okay, and that was our Broncos preview. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Careful. Um, it's spicy. It's very spicy. The, the terrible trades that you make are spicy. I wonder if I'll even be able to get a Danger Witch after this season. Probably not. You might have to get one. You know, I had one. Before it goes. And uh, it was kind of weird and off-putting. Um, I'm trying to think of a good way to say this. I ate the Danger Witch. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I did not like what it did to my system afterwards. Same. No. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that had this problem. Yeah, it was a rough day the next day. Let me let me say it was rough. Um, I paid the price for my hubris, but there was also part of me that thought this being Russell Wilson sandwich, this is kind of an appropriate outcome. Yeah, no, the, actually, the, the, the you think you're getting something good and delicious. Turns out it's just a lot of crap. Yeah, no, this 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 tracks perfectly with the Russell Wilson experience because you're like, hey. Dangerous. That sounds exciting. And you buy it and you have high expectations. And you eat it. It's like, oh, that was, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, oh, I've made a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. And the next next day you're spending like half your day just kind of planted on the toilet. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, it sucked, but it kind of felt appropriate. <laughs> that's why it's a signature sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. It's spicy. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough Broncos talk. Um, forever in my mind. Oh no! I'm, this is my favorite topic. Oh, you, you just can't get we enough. Can do, we can do Broncos Schadenfreude every week <laughs> if I wanted to. The only the only thing is, I mean, no, it's time for making fun of the Broncos. Well, you know, if, if it weren't for the Broncos' complete disaster, uh, we would also be talking about how the Raven, the Raiders are even by Raider standards in pretty bad straits right now. Like they benched Derek Carr. You hear about this? Yeah, I, I was going to get there. Why don't we... I, I know we're already at like a minute 10 right now. I'm I'm accepting that like we haven't talked to the people in a long time, so I'm fine if this is like two hours. If you don't like it, you can split Ooh, it up, okay. you know? Yeah. Okay, maybe Chiefs Pro Andrew isn't up for that right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I could probably make the minute 30 more. But let's go ahead and talk about these other AFC teams. So we did the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders, they sat... Derek Carr, basically because they don't want him to get injured and then get more guaranteed money from them. 
Yeah. And I think I, I even saw some tweets from reputable sources that basically said, like, he's not in the building. Like, he's not with the team anymore. Like, no. basically, he is done, done. Yeah. In Las Vegas. Which is, it's, it's kind of crazy to me because he's, he's one of those guys that was the quarterback of that team when I really started watching football, you know, consistently for the first time in 2017. So to think of like him and the Broncos not being on the same team, it's, it's weird to me, you know? Raiders, you mean? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. We've been talking about the Broncos a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird. Um, we, we kind of already discussed this uh, via text a little bit, but I, I'm not one of those people that hates Derek Carr. I think he's probably, you know, in real life, uh, a good dude. So I'm kind of happy in a way that he's going to be free from this franchise. Yeah. And I don't think he's like a great quarterback, um, but I think he's an okay quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he'd look a lot better if he wasn't shackled to like a terrible defense his entire career. Yeah. I mean, that guy, he put in work for the Raiders. There was a long time where he was like the only bright spot in that mm-hmm. organization. And now they just kind of kick him to the curb. I think it sucks. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just it, it it's one of those things where if you again if we, if we looked at like the state of the Raiders as a rival, they just benched the only good player, one of the only good players they've had for years now. Like really one of the bright spots in their franchise in the last ten years. They would fire their coach if they could afford to, but they can't. Yeah, let that sink in. Yeah, I think their coach stinks. Um. They're still like in a just complete dearth of talent based on the uh, Mike Mayock, John Gruden era, which is a hilarious thing to say in hindsight. Yeah, people miss out on that because they look at like the very cream of the crop as far as their talent. And they think of guys like Max Crosby and Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams. And they kind of like trick themselves into thinking this is a talented team. That is not a talented team. No. They're very talent deficient. They have an okay cast of like top-end players, but everything below that is bad, bad. And, and similar to the Broncos, I think the good players that do have are probably going to jump ship. Like, Devonta Adams is 4,000% going to move. Yeah. Josh Jacobs had a quote, like, this week that was basically like, basically saying, I'm done here. <laughs> well, and the Raiders have been very tepid towards him. Haven't they, like, kind of like... A, yeah, they didn't, pick up his, difference? they didn't pick up his fourth-year option. Yeah. So he's gone. Um, fifth-year option. Yeah. Darren Waller's good. Maybe not as good this year. Yeah, he he hasn't quite lived up to his potential the last couple of years, it seems. And they've got the biggest dummy in sports running their team. So I think the Raiders are also like safely in going to suck forever mode. Yeah, it's it's easier for them to get out of their situation than it is the Broncos. The Broncos are screwed for like two or three years. Yeah. The Raiders are just screwed for like one or two years. Yeah, I think I think the Broncos have. Like mediocre people in charge, but no way to fix their problem. The Raiders have a way to fix their problem, but they have idiots in charge. Yeah. So they're not going to fix the problem. No. They're going to continue to make it worse. Um, you touched on it, but I think one of the biggest problems they have right now was they got Devontae Adams mostly because he wanted to play with Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr's good. And I saw a quote from him. He, he's he kind of playing the, the company man line here of like, you know, I'm, I'm still invested. We still got these games. We're going to try and win. So he's not like bailing ship. But, I mean, you have to think in the back of his mind, he's like, okay, why am I here now? Especially because when you make a move like that, you're saying 
we're doing a deep rebuild. Yeah. Um, this is not... A t- there, I listened to so many podcasts this week talking about Tom Brady going to Las Vegas. There's no way he's going to go to Las Vegas. No. He won't go to the he, he sees what we see, that that is a talent-deficient team and is not going to go there. This is not a team that's a quarterback away from being good. Yeah. There are a whole team's worth of talent away from being good. And Tom Brady would never go to a team that is so clearly behind the division leader. Yeah, that's true. He understands that. I think it's why he went to the NFC South. No, I think you're right. Yeah, I think I think that's some hot nonsense. And yeah, I don't I don't know what the Raiders like. They're in rush straights as well. About the only team in the West, aside from the Chiefs, that seems to kind of have their act together right now is the Chargers. Seems to. Seems to. They do. They are getting healthier. Most of their star players are back and actually playing for them right now, which is great for the Chargers. They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They the playoff spots. They have that going for them. I still just, I don't believe in the Chargers at all. I think they're, they could win a game. I'm not going to say they're not, they can't. Um, but I, I just, I don't view them as a team that could really make a deep run here. No, I'm not scared of them. They're, they kind of got the same thing that the Bengals have going, where like their play-to-play offense, or you know, last year's Bengals anyways, their play-to-play offense looks bad. Like it's bad play on first down, bad play on second down, third down, Herbert, please bail us out. That's yeah. their offense. Yeah. And that's just not going to win you many playoffs. I think the games they've been winning lately have been against bad teams. Yeah, they, they've played bad teams closely in one, yeah. which, I mean, the Chiefs have too. But I, I'm not worried about the Chargers. Like, oh, no, here comes the Chargers. Nobody wants to play them. I'm not worried about it. I feel like Justin Herbert's second deal is going to hit them like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Well, they got, they got a lot of star players they got to play or pay right now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not – too concerned about them. Now, having said all that, I would rather not play them in the playoffs because you just – I don't ever really want to play a team for the third time in the year. Oh, division teams are weird. Yeah, division teams are weird. Um, I will say they're they're built to play against the Chiefs. Specifically, yes. I think they do match up well, fairly well against us. I still think we can win, but I'd rather not play them. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess that's the AFC West. A roundup now. Um, just a quick, a, a quick. <laughs> it's, get, it's, getting it's getting late. It's getting late. I just start making noises. <laughs> a quick um, look around the playoff picture as far as the Chiefs are concerned. Um, the situation right now is I think we basically clinched either the one through three seed. I don't think yeah. it's possible to drop to well, the fourth seed. It's because the, the Dolphins fell off a cliff. Yeah, they did. Um, well, and. Specifically, like the AFC South sucks. Yes. There's a reason for that. Um, so we're going to get one through three. Probably going to be one or two. Um, although it's possible, I guess the the Bengals would be. It's basically the Bengals, the Bills, and the Chiefs. Like, what order are those teams going to be? One, two, three. And the Monday night matchup of the Bengals and the Bills is going to be huge for both those two teams and the Chiefs yep. in terms of seeding. It's going to be weird to cheer for the Bengals. Can I confess something right now? Yes. It's going to be very difficult for me to cheer for the Bengals. Because I hate the Bengals. Yep. Stated. Stated Bengals hater. Card-carrying hater of the Bengals. And I kind of like the Bills. 
like Josh now. So that's going to be like a classic, like my heart wants to do one thing, but my head tells me I should do another thing. My head's going to be like, we need the Bengals to win so that the Chiefs can get home field advantage in the playoffs. My heart's going to be like, I hate the Bengals. I want the Bills to win. So I don't know. I'm not sure where I'm going to come down from that. Well, just think about how much fun it will be to watch the Bengals lose in the wild card round if they don't get the one seed. Mm, that would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Who do you think is going to win that game, by the way? Just spitball Bills. I'm going to go Bills, too. I do. Uh, if I'm just honest, goodness. Yeah. I think, they're, I think they're the better team. I think they've actually got – the Bills actually had the pass rush. Maybe not so much because they don't have Von Miller. Uh, but they've got the, the defense to match up with the Bengals better than the Chiefs do. Yeah. Although the Bengals' defense is just constantly underrated. It's a very good defense. Yeah, it is. No doubt. Um, okay, so we wrap that up. Uh, let me ask you this. Who would you like – let's assume the Chiefs make it to one seed, uh, and then in which case they would not play anyone, obviously. But if they did not get the one seed, which of the AFC teams that looks like they're going to make the playoffs would you like to play? Who are you least afraid of? Okay, so – I would take any of Jaguars, Jets, Dolphins, or Ravens. Ravens? Yeah. And also, it's probably not going to happen, but Patriots. Yeah. I would love for the Patriots to make the playoffs because they're so bad and they would get killed. I feel very firmly that the Patriots, Jaguars, or Jets, any of those teams that make the playoffs are going to be one and done. Like 90%. I think the Jets, if you get a good Mike White game could give you some trouble. So that defense is good. But on the other side of that, at least as far as the Chiefs are concerned, Patrick Mahomes absolutely eats elite defenses for breakfast. Yeah. He just chews them up. No, 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 no. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, the, the Dolphins or the Ravens, if they have the starting quarterback, they're dangerous, but they don't. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Ravens the, might. The Dolphins have issues even with their starting quarterback. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Um, but dude just can't stop getting cussed. It's, it's sad, really. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens, I don't know what to think about them. I think their defense is good now, although it was real bad earlier. Um, and I don't know if Lamar's going to be back, so they're just a total mystery. Uh, if they don't get Lamar, it's done. Like yeah. Their offense stinks without Lamar. <clears throat> so yeah, any of those teams I'm not really worried about. What would you think about matching up against the Dolphins and Tyree Hill? Would that concern you at all? No. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they get some shots on us for sure, but I think we'd also – even if, even if Tua's playing, they'd have some weird turnover plays. It would concern me a little bit um, just because it's Tyreek Hill. But if there's any team in the league that knows how he can get, you know, limited, yeah. it's the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think that's – Good for something. And then the Bills-Bengals, this, this is a weird one. Um, we probably, probably will not see either team until the AFC Championship. Hopefully. If we play the Bills and lose, I will still consider the season a success. If we play the Bengals and lose, it's like, what, what did we do here? You know what I mean? That would kill me. For Just for like the narratives, I would hate that so much. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's a good point. I could tolerate losing to the Bills because I think they're a very good team and right up there with the Chiefs. I think the Bengals are a good team too, but man, I would hate to lose to them again. Yeah. 
But on the other side, if we do end up playing them and we beat them in the playoffs, that would be awesome as well. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it feels like you're going to have to go through one or both of those teams to get to the Super Bowl, though. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, unless some weird stuff happens. Like weird, weird stuff. It has to be really weird. I could see Cincy getting knocked off by somebody. Because I, I know I was kind of saying that I think they're better this year, but... There's, let me tell you, they still stink just a little bit of fraudulence. There's a little, a there's a little bit of fraud fragrance drifting about them. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm really excited to watch that game on Monday. I'm more excited about, I'm 10 times more excited about that game than the Chiefs game, clearly. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I think it'd be way more interesting football. Okay. Um, I know we ought to wrap up soon here because I think we're both getting pretty tired, but. Any thoughts on the or the NFC playoff picture? I mean, I feel like at this point it's the Niners and the Cowboys and the Eagles and everyone else. Uh, also, not not buying the Vikings. No. Mm, okay. I will continue to not take the Vikings seriously with abandon. Right. Um, you know who's starting to get a little feisty, make a little noise? Who? Green Bay Packers. Uh, no, they're not. They no, they're not. They're going to get killed by the Vikings. They're going to they're sneak in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be at his douchiest, and they're mm. going to... It would be so funny if they made a run. It would be so funny. For them to make the playoffs, they have to beat the Vikings and then the Lions. Both of those teams, I think, are better than the Packers. Uh, so, I mean, I know they're maybe making things kind of interesting here at the end, but I just... I don't... I'm not buying into it. I don't. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe I'm just holding on to my take about the, the Packers winning it. I mean, they're not going to win the division. I don't think. No, it's, it's completely impossible. The the, uh, Raiders, the Vikings clinched out a couple of weeks ago. But the idea of the Packers coming in and making run after being so abjectly terrible is funny to me. It's kind of funny, but I'd rather I'd way rather see a team like the Lions or Seattle get into the playoffs just because, like, I enjoy watching those teams. Yeah, I would not enjoy watching this Packer team at all. I think you're right. Who's uh, who's better, the Eagles or Cowboys? <coughs> uh, Eagles are better. Um, it was a close game even without Hurts in there. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, I think the Eagles are better. I think their their team is just like so well rounded. Um, are they going to get? They're going to get Hurts back for the playoffs, aren't they? Probably, maybe. I Who think knows? there are. There's so many teams right now that are good but don't seem to have their quarterback figured out. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Um, the Cowboys, I just... All season long, I've had that nagging voice in the back of my head that says, don't trust the Cowboys. They're going to screw it up. They're going to do it again. And then they drop that game against the Jags. And yeah, it, it feels like they are a bit fraudulent to me. Um... I still think they're a good team. They're probably third or fourth best in the NFC. Um, but I don't – maybe I'm a little bit higher on the Vikings than everyone else. I don't think the Cowboys are that much better than the Vikings, if I'm being honest. Although now that, <laughs> now that I said that, I'm pretty sure they absolutely <laughs> murdered them in the regular season. Yes. Um, so maybe that's not a good argument. But, yeah, I, I don't believe in the Cowboys. I think the Vikings are better than people give them credit for. I'm not saying they're like great, but I think winning that many close games is that's to me that's not a coincidence. That's more of like a team that can hang in close games. 
This argument was about the Chiefs a couple years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, kept winning by close games? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I've never subscribed to the concept that one-score games are basically a coin flip. Yeah. I know it tends to average out that way, but, you know, there's one-score games and there's one-score games, you know? Yeah. There's, there's the games where, like, you win by a field goal last second real close, and then there's games where, like, there's two garbage time touchdowns and you end up winning by six points instead of, like, 14 like it should have been. And I just, I don't, I don't care about that kind of stuff, so. No. No, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I. But if if I may insert a hot take here on Booker right now, I think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl again. That's not a hot take. It's a very, it's a it's a very lukewarm take. I mean, they have like a third string quarterback right now. If they got Jimmy G by then, I mean, people lost their minds whenever Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. So it's it's Could kind happen. of a, a situation similar to that. Could happen. Yeah, I think the 49ers are, they're so good. They don't need their quarterback to be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of believe in them a little bit more. So, yeah, if I had to if I had to book a Super Bowl prediction right now, it would be Chiefs-Niners rematch, rematch of the earlier Super Bowl. That would be fun. We all know how that went. Not really. Actually, don't, now that I think about it, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> that was not a good color matchup. Hey, but we beat them this season. Yeah, yeah. we did. Cool. Any other thoughts on either league or the Chiefs or the Broncos or anything? Um, just one quick one for the road. Mm-hmm. It's insane to me that the Titans are going to lose that division. Based on like where we were like six or seven weeks ago. It's true. It looked like that was over. And the fact that like the Jags, I know it's still possible the Titans win it, but like the Jags will probably win, I think. It's crazy. It's crazy. I think it's fine. I think the Jags are kind of fun. Yeah, I think it's one too. I think it's good for Doug Peterson. Like, I feel like he he kind of got kicked out the door in a rough way in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. We've seen that happen before. Um, but yeah, I think he's a, a solid, you know, rock steady coach, which is what Jacksonville needed desperately. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm glad they're having some success. I don't think they're going to make a playoff run or anything, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, um, anything from you before we go? No, that's all I got. I'm out of takes. Cool. That's all we got. Um, go Chiefs, and I guess go Bengals? Doesn't, doesn't feel right. It's felt a little nauseous saying that. Yeah. yeah. Just think about it. You don't want the Bengals to win. You want the Bills to lose. I don't. My heart doesn't want that either. I do. That's fine. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I want the Chiefs to keep that streak of like the AS, hosting the AFC Championship game alive. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because that's fun. Um, but, okay, second, second last take for the people. I think the Chiefs play really well on the road. I think if we have to go to Buffalo or have to go to Cincinnati, I don't think it's going to matter that much. Chiefs play good on the road. We're road dogs. Even if uh, if it's snowy from Lake Effect Snow, Patrick Mahomes is a snow guy. Yeah, he's a snow guy. He's out there spinning it. Yep. All right. Cool. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. And cheese and Santa put gifts under Christmas trees. Decorate the house with lights at night. Snows on the ground, snow white so bright. In the fireplace is the Yule log. Beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog. The rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of carols. Like each and every year we bust Christmas carols. Christmas carols.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.